got to operate in truth, right? Operate in truth. Tell the truth. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Gator Truth Florida Football Podcast. I'm Daniel, and on this episode, we're going to take a look at the Gators' trip to Kyle Field and the home of the 12th man as they take on the Texas A&M Aggies. Before we begin, I want to wish my mom a happy birthday. It is her birthday on the day I am recording this, and we'll be spending her birthday weekend in College Station, hanging out with family and enjoying the game. Well, hopefully and enjoying a Gators victory. I am excited to go to the home of the 12th man. I've had this game circled as one I've wanted to go to since the schedule was announced in 2014. Again, I think I've said this before, there shouldn't be a reason why anyone is shocked when Georgia does or doesn't play at Texas A&M as the decision was made in 2014. Although I would want to ask you, would you want Georgia playing at Texas A&M this year while they're three and five or potentially in two years when that great recruiting class they had last year are all juniors, or at least those that are still with the school are juniors at that point and have had time to develop. With that said, yes, I know that Gators going to College Station three times since A&M joined the SEC. Well, Georgia has never been is a thing, but really, I'm not that worried about it. It is what it is. With that said, again, I am looking forward to this trip. One thing I am looking forward to is perhaps the pettiest fight song in all of college football. If you have never looked at the lyrics of the Texas A&M fight song, definitely do so. Go on YouTube. They have official lyrics videos. The lyrics start off with So Long to Texas University, which, of course, it's University of Texas they're referencing. Goodbye to the Orange and the White. And then it ends anytime you see like a highlight from Kyle Field, Home of the 12th Man. It's the Aggies. You know, the fans swaying back and forth. And what they're singing at that point is Saw Varsity's Horns Off, which, of course, Varsity is a reference to Bevo, the mascot for the University of Texas. And then after they get through that, it's Varsity's Horns Are Sawed Off. So definitely give it a look. It is by far the pettiest fight song that I know of. And another funny thing is where Florida, Georgia, Tennessee all play their different fight songs when scoring a touchdown. A&M doesn't always do it. Instead, they have a different song that they play a lot of the time. If you go on YouTube again, you'll find this. You can just search Texas A&M touchdown song. You'll be like, yeah, that's right. That's really weird. Um, But just some things I'm looking forward to. Also looking forward to seeing the Midnight Yell. I hope to have videos from some of this or all of this up on the YouTube page as we go forward. Taking a look at the game, the Aggies come in three and five. Their last game, they did lose 31 to 28 to Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss Rebels, but they did have a highlight and Connor Wegman, a five-star true freshman quarterback, came in, threw for 338 yards in the game, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, and that is something for the Gators to keep an eye on. On offense, the Gators, the keys to the game I have for them is they're going to have to run well first off. 
Texas A&M is the 120th ranked rushing defense after a few performances where we've been kind of shaky. We've had some of our best running backs average less than four yards per carry on all but one or two of their carries, which does limit us. This is a defense that should get that running game back on track, should keep it going. And of course, our entire offense, as we talked about in the Georgia preview, is predicated on the run because if you're not running well, play action really doesn't matter because no one's going to sell out for it. So the very first key is to run well. The next thing is something I want to see, and it became readily apparent with Georgia and their blitzing. And if you don't think other coaches are going to notice and try this with us, then I don't know what to tell you, but we're going to need some quick routes. We don't always see those, and we have very few quick routes in our offense, but we need quick slants, quick ins, outs, something to just get the ball out in a second or two, especially right to where a blitzer came from, because if they're blitzing and we throw it to where they were, that's going to slow down the blitz or cause blitzing to stop if we are successful with those throws. And by being successful with those throws, we keep the chains moving, opening up more room for the running game as well. The third key for the game that I have is AR. He does have to be accurate. I don't always subscribe to, well, here's a certain accuracy. There are things that are and aren't. If you're throwing the ball away a lot, if you're having to throw on the run because you're being chased out of the pocket, it is what it is. But then there's also the misses to like shorter in the end zone or Burke down the seam and stuff like that against Georgia. That can't happen. Of course, we also had overthrows on potential first down throws to shorter and zip as well. So for every time we see an incredible throw, he has had some bad misses. He's got to be more consistent and he's got to be more accurate in this game. Let's also see if we can't work in a little bit easier throws at times to get him into a rhythm to see if we can't get him going. I wonder how much some of these struggles are, for example, Georgia, when he had tons of pressure all the time, which again, still should be in passes, but that definitely impacts his internal clock and impacts his process. And those are things that for a young quarterback can be a problem. And when I talk about our defensive piece, those are things I'm going to harp on for things that we're going to have to do to Wegman in this Texas A&M offense. Now, Moving on to looking at some of the keys that we have for the defense. The first key that I have is that we need to stop the running game for Texas A&M. Why do we need to stop the running game? Well, the running back of chain is number three in the SEC in rushing yards, and he has over five yards per attempt. The running game will take some of the pressure off the true freshman quarterback. And of course, that's going to be something we don't want to do. I know it's going to be a little bit harder with our line missing Britton Cox, although at times he would fail to set the edge. Many times this year he has been success- successful. He has caused problems. So that is something to keep an eye out for now that Cox is gone. But with that said, we do need to try and contain a chain. He is a smaller running back where at the beginning of the season we had more problems with bigger running backs. And another thing in some of the teams that really ran well on us, not all of them, is that they also had a quarterback that was capable of running. For example, um, Cam Rising had 91 yards, Bohannon for USF had 102, Hooker had 112 yards. 
Jaden Daniels only ended up with 44 yards, but he ended up with three rushing TDs and at least one or two runs for a first down, where running isn't not necessarily part of Wegman's game. But a lot of Jimbo's offense, Jimbo Fisher, the head coach of AM, a lot of his offenses tend to use play action. So just like for us, the play action doesn't work if you don't run. If we can shut down the run, then their play action shouldn't work as well anyways. And that's just one less weapon to help out this true freshman quarterback. The second thing we're going to need to do against AM is we're going after pressure the quarterback. And one thing I'd like to see is more blitzing. We did it well against Georgia. Let's take a next step in that evolution against an AM team who hasn't always been the best with this this season. So do that, put pressure, force his internal clock, force his process to be sped up. If it's sped up, his decision-making is not as good as it would be if he has time in the pocket. I would rather us be trying to force that up and force a bad decision than sitting back later and have time to pick apart a zone. So I definitely want to get that pressure. It's going to be a little bit harder without Burton Cox, who has done, has had some success collapsing pockets, has had some success getting close to a quarterback. But also we have Amari Bernie, who has had successful blitzes during the season. Heck, he had a fumble that he forced on Herndon Hooker in that Tennessee game. So he's one with his speed at the linebacker position. I wouldn't mind seeing doing quite a few blitzes, trying to just force something. And if it's a run play, hopefully we've created a hole for him to blitz through that he meets the running back in. The third key to the game for this Gators defense is we need to play tight man. Gator Nation football podcast had a great statistic about how Stetson Bennett only completed two of seven, two of nine, something like that passes when we played man, whereas when we sat back in zone, he had like a ridiculous uh, completion percentage. So that's one thing that hopefully our analytical coaches or say they're analytical coaches with Billy Napier and Patrick Tony realized how well we did with that and saw how guys like Jason Marshall created such tight windows. And we see more of that along with the improved, well, not necessarily improved, but hopefully with more blitzing to get pressure. Because if you get the pressure with a blitzer like a Bernie or something and speed up that process on a true freshman, that sped up process to make bad decisions. Now, if you're a man with tight windows, well, that quick decision, that quicker throw probably leads to more inaccuracy towards those windows and the better chance for turnovers. And for the most part, turnovers will change games. We saw in the George game, when we got some turnovers, we were able to bring it within one score. And of course, the year before, we turned the ball over and they were able to extend a lead big time. So turnovers can change games. Now that doesn't always mean you're going to win the game, but you have a much better chance if you're causing plenty of turnovers. This is an AM team that was shut down basically by a so-so Appalachian State team, a team that didn't do well against a pretty bad Miami team. So again, they're able to do some stuff and with this five-star true freshman quarterback emerging, with a five-star true freshman at receiver and Evan Stewart emerging, this is more talent and also progression from the season. So it's not quite as fair to say, look at App State. 
look at Miami, but it is something to keep notes on of what these other teams were able to do with them because they still did have some talent that right now they don't have like a Nia Smith and a few other players on their team. They also have a few players who have been suspended and some of those are five-star freshmen who were contributing. So lots of storylines going on here. Another interesting storyline is now that they're three and five, they're definitely not happy with Jimbo that he's been worse record-wise than Kevin Sumlin was at this point. I wonder at that three and five mark, and they're probably going to lose at least one more, how much that 12th man shows up in force at a stadium on Saturday, especially with an 11 a.m. kickoff local time, will be something to see. This is not where they're hoping for a great season at this point. This is not something where they've had a great season at this point. This is a really disappointing season for them. They're close to not making a bowl. Now, they may say, well, Florida's now our Super Bowl, as some teams have, and that may happen, or this may be a team that feels like they're done for the year. I don't know. It'll be something interesting to see, as there's not always just a which team on paper should win, which team shouldn't. On paper, they have a much younger team when you look at all the true freshmen they have playing and starting, where we've got several guys who are fifth, sixth-year seniors. We've got several guys, multi-year starters on our offensive line, receiver, things of that nature. Factoring in the intangibles, I do think that some of the intangibles break Florida's way. I don't think the 12-man will be quite as in force as it would be if they're having a better season. I think the 11 a.m. kick kick also subdues some of that, so it will help out Flores' communication where it wouldn't be if they were 6-2 or 7-1 or 8-0 at this point. Again, keys to the game for the Gators on offense is to run the ball well, have quick throws, you know, quick routes to allow AR to hit easy quick routes where the blitzers come from if they blitz and he needs to be accurate with his passes on defense we need to stop the run we need to stop a chain or at least slow him down and then when they go back to pass we need to pressure that true freshman qb speed up his process and play tight man so when we speed up his process he's gonna have to try and make the right read a lot quicker than he wants to and he's gonna have to make a better throw than he might be able to at this point as a true freshman in his only his second start. I also do believe some of the intangibles break our way, although we have lost two players on the team this week, Brenton Cox, Kamari, or Kamar Wilcoxon. I do think AM with all their other stuff about talking about Jimbo's buyout, they now have a losing record. They probably are looking down the stretch and thinking, we're still going to lose at least one more. We may not make a bull. And generally, there are some fans and probably players that feel dejected by the way this season has gone. So with that intangible and with us having a decent rushing offense and them having a bottom 10-12 rushing defense, I do think that works out for us. If we can rush the ball, limit their offensive possessions, which I know I said we needed to do against Georgia, and then we didn't. But if we can do it against this team, I do think that bodes well for us. My prediction for the game with everything in mind, again, being an optimist, I believe we win this 31-28. to 28. 
I don't think we slow them down as much as a Miami or as much as an App State, but I do think that we're capable of doing somewhat better as their offense has gotten somewhat better, but they have, again, lost some top pieces like Nye Smith. 31-28, that's my official score projection. Hopefully it works out for the Gators. Hopefully we get back on track. Hopefully Billy Napier gets his second SEC win and can set up for a potential 4-4 in the SEC 500 record which would be something that would be good in his first year. It would also be a step up from what we did last year as a team. The one thing that we can't do is we cannot get blown out by this A&M team. This is an A&M team that should be, by all rights, should be 2-6 and six at this point, if not for Arkansas missing a chip shot field goal at the end of the game. We're talking barely surviving Miami. We're talking had difficulties putting their first game away against an FCS opponent. There are things about this team that really tell me we should not get blown out. I do not think that would be acceptable. If we lose on the road, it is what it is. I do think some of our stuff matches up well, such as our running game against a run defense. I do think if we do commit to doing some blitzing and man coverage, That improves our defense. Heck, it showed it last week when we did have some man coverage. We played well. Jason Marshall, especially, covered well, made some tight windows. If we see that, this game should definitely go the Gators' way. But again, it's college football. We'll see how that turns out. Keep an eye on our social media as I hope to upload different videos from this trip, whether it's a midnight yell whether it's Gators entering the stadium, whether it's some other Aggie traditions, or just having some fun with opposing fans. There are things I'd like to do to start doing a little bit more of the media to go along with this podcast. I know this episode has been a little bit shorter as we've been previewing Texas A&M. To be honest, I'm really not sure how they're going to respond to being 3-5. and I'm not sure how Florida's going to respond after losing by 22 to Georgia and dismissing Brenton Cox and losing Kamar Wilcoxon during the week. Uh, It's going to be an interesting game, that much I can say, but it's definitely worth the trip out to A&M. I know we talk about we've been there three times since 2012, but I can't tell you when the next time we're going to be there. One thing is for certain, the Gators are going to show up, the fans are going to cheer for the Gators, and. It's going to be a good time, win or lose. Definitely stick with it. Hopefully we get to where we want to be. Check out the Gator Collective if you have not had a chance. Plans starting for just $9.99 a month. Billy Napier did say Wednesday that NIL is a strength at the University of Florida. Help it become an even stronger one by joining the Gator Collective today. And with that said, thank you everybody for listening. And as always, Go Gators!